Hey everyone, welcome to Yoga Land's Yoga Teacher Companion. I am your host, Jason Crandall. In the last few episodes, we've been talking a lot about different types of mobility, different types of flexibility, um, and also end range strength. So if you haven't checked out some of these episodes, definitely check them out. They're gonna lay the groundwork for some of the things that we're gonna do in this conversation today. Uh, the other thing is that in the last episode, we looked at my five favorite ways in my practice and in my classes of helping students create more active range of motion and more end range strength in their hips, okay? So five really good tips, definitely check that out. So before we look at these five things for the shoulders, just one more little bit, which is I wanna make a plea to you that especially when it comes to your shoulders and especially if you're a vinyasa yoga practitioner or anything where we're bearing a lot of weight on the shoulders, that because the shoulder joint, because the ball and socket joint of the shoulder, each shoulder joint has multiple joints, but the ball and socket joint of the shoulder is inherently less stable and more mobile under weight load than the hips. I just really wanna convince you and plead to you that if you wanna create more flexibility and more range and more opening in your shoulders, you do that, but you also make sure that you're creating strength in those ranges. It's super important for the whole body, but especially if you're gonna load up the shoulder joints. Okay, now, what we wanna understand here, first and foremost, everyone, is these five simple ways to incorporate greater active range and greater end range in your shoulders. And the first thing that I wanna show you is what I call a faux bind or a fake bind. And when I do this, everyone, I often am doing this in the warm-ups, kind of the early phase, the preparations phase. I'm often doing it in the standing postures as a shoulder movement on top of a standing pose. And then a lot of times I'll often do it towards the end of a sequence and a forward bend, okay? So there's a lot of opportunities to do what I'm gonna show you as a faux bind. Now in most binds, you are taking an arm behind the back to a foot, right? So an example of like half-bound lotus, or you're reaching an arm around a leg and behind your back to catch another hand, right? So something like marichyasana, or you're reaching an arm behind you to catch another arm, okay? Those are the three most common types of bind. Now, what I think of as a full bind, which is gonna be really good news for those of you out here who aren't particularly flexible, is in a full bind, you don't make the clasp. And there is an upside to not actually connecting the hands. So don't get me wrong, clasping the hands, fine. But that's not what we're doing today. We're doing full bind, not a real bind. And what we gain by not actually bringing the hands together is the potential for both shoulders to have to work harder in their position, okay? When one hand is connected to the other hand or hands connected to the foot, each arm, each shoulder, it doesn't have to work as much because it's relying on the cohesion of those two arms together. But when you don't clasp, okay, which I'm gonna show you some options in a moment, each arm has to hold itself. So it's not quite as stretchy, but it's a stronger position to maintain. And it's really simple, it just, this is what it looks like. I'll give you the base, okay? So it's in any pose, 
you reach the arm behind you and you reach the other arm behind you. And I like to keep the arms, everyone. I like to keep the arms at about um, lower back height. So I'm not going high in this version. I keep the arms at lower back height like this. And what I'm doing here, everyone, is I'm gently cinching the, the arms across the back. So I'm bringing both elbows towards the center line. I'm cinching in and I'm also firming the arms against the back ribs. So another example of this would be something like full bound side angle pose. Look, I can hold on just fine, okay? But instead of holding on, I'm gonna make fists and I'm gonna gently press into the back body. So this hand, my bottom hand's pressing my outer hip, my left hand's pressing my back ribs, okay? So a standing half bind might be something like half bound warrior two, okay? Now, when you're working like this, that forearm is pressing against the back ribs. And what that means is you're working that arm, you're working the shoulder at a really different angle. Instead of just kind of like stretching those arms into position, which is nice sometimes, when you get those arms behind you, you cinch and you press the arms against the back ribs, you're building greater strength and stability at that internally rotated and extended position for the shoulder. So you don't have to worry about binds being destabilizing. This is a way of using a bind to actually produce more stability. Now similar to this is the second thing that I wanna show you which is unclasped gomukhasana. Okay, so unclasped gomukhasana. A more conventional gomukhasana, which is great. This is not what we're doing today, okay? A more conventional gomukhasana, one arm goes up, the other arm, arm goes back, and you bring the two hands together, and the hands clasp. So it's a type of bind, okay? So you clasp. But in an unclasped or unbound one, you don't. Instead, the way I like to do it, everyone, is I like to reach the arms in opposition. So one arm goes up, one arm goes down, the top hand doesn't get to help the bottom hand and bring it into position. That bottom arm has to take itself into position. The top arm takes itself into position. And then what I do here with the hands, everyone, is like in the faux binds, I gently press, right? So I gently press those arms and the hands into my back body, okay? One of the things that I like to do in this is, is alternate, right? So a lot of times, what I mean by this is a lot of times in a yoga practice, we kind of, we stay in a pose. We quote unquote, hold a pose. And we're there for however long you're there. It just depends on teacher and style, but you're usually there. The way I like to do unclasped gomukhasana is I like to do it as dynamic movement. So a lot of times what I'll do, for example, especially early in a sequence, starting to warm people up or starting to warm myself up, we'll take something like uh, Anjaneyasana or something like Crescent, right? Something that we can sustain with a little bit of engagement. And then just continually 
take the arms in and out of Gomukhasana. So I'm making these kind of, it's almost arm circles, right? But I'm making this dynamic motion. Now again, it's not going to maximize. You won't get maximal passive stretch. But you're gonna get a lot of control. You're gonna get a lot of strength. You're gonna get more range of motion. But most importantly, you're gonna help develop the coordination pattern of the motion itself. So I do this all the time, and you can do it on top of any standing pose. You can have people just kind of sit, do the work to start to warm up, but you can also do it, everyone, in warrior two, in low lunge, in warrior one. You can treat your standing poses as a platform for this kind of work, and it's really dynamic and helpful. Third thing, now this is something that I like to incorporate, usually in salutations, but I wanna give one caveat, which is, at some phase of salutations, we just want continuity and rhythm. We just want breath and movement. This isn't that phase. Because to do this, first of all, you're gonna be laying prone, face down on your belly. It's a little harder to breathe. Second of all, it's just not as rhythmic, okay? Because we're gonna to have to kind of make these arm positions. So I might do this kind of early on in salutations, just starting to warm up, but before we've really established that rhythmic continuity of the flow, okay? So now these movements are actually really similar to the movements that we just did in um, unclassed Gomukhasana, okay? So this is number three. This is locust arm circle, okay? So those of you that train with me and practice with me, you know I'm a sucker for locust pose. It's just so valuable, okay? So we're in locust. And there's a lot of different things we can do with the arms depending on what we're looking to do. But for today, and I'm just gonna do this with one arm. You can do it with both simultaneously, but you can also just do it one arm at a time, okay? So I'm gonna keep one arm just slightly elevated, and then the other arm is where we're gonna do the active range. So I'm gonna reach this arm forward. So I'm reaching it straight forward, I'm turning the palm up. Move back a little bit, I'm turning the palm up so I develop some active range external rotation. And then almost like I'm swimming, I internally rotate that arm, I take it behind me, the arm is elevated as I'm taking it behind me, I'm internally rotating, the palm is facing up, then I bend the elbow, and I slide the back of the hand up the back, right? And then I reverse that pattern, right? So you can do this, right? You have to do this to get a feel for it. You don't have to do it now, but. So when the arm's reaching forward, it's externally rotated, and then it's just this smooth sweeping pattern where the arm is going back and down with internal rotation, right? So early on in a sequence, we're starting to move, we're starting to wake things up, but you can see if you just kind of saw or worked through that, it's not gonna be super rhythmic. So put this before you establish like that smooth rhythmic phase of your vinyasa flow. Fourth thing, not to be um, judgy, but I call this way better Garudasana. Why? It's way better. It's way better. The soul, to me, like, 
I have to tell you, when I do a practice and when I teach, I just don't want to go through the motions. Like, I, I, when my students come, I, I want us to really feel like we have the opportunity to maximize skill and depth at all times without being tedious and neurotic. And a lot of times for Gomukhasana, is throw those arms up there, stay here, a couple breaths, pull the elbows down. And beyond, like, beyond a certain range of motion and experience level, not much is happening there, okay? So I'm gonna show you what phase I like to do for this way better Garudasana series. So it starts like this, and I'll do this at any phase of class, everyone, beginning, middle, end, but I especially like it early on when we're just starting to warm up the shoulders, and then on top of standing poses, right? I might be doing just like a really easy kind of series here that I'm gonna show you in Warrior Two or Warrior One, or we can do it from these low lunge positions, okay? So the series is this. The first thing we wanna do is take the elbows wide so you get a little anterior shoulder opener, okay? And then the first phase is active range. So instead of taking one elbow on top of the other elbow, we're gonna bring the inner elbows together. We're gonna to raise them. And then I keep the inner elbows pinched together and I pull the inner wrists apart, okay? Now for some people, and those of you that are listening, just kind of sitting here, try this. Elbows wide, then elbows together, then elbows up, right? So lift the elbows and then keep the elbows pinched in, but pull the outer wrists away from each other, okay? So, for many of you, that's gonna be a non, there's like not much going on. But for most of you, you're gonna realize this is really hard. <laughs> okay, it's like really hard. Arms start to shake already. Because you're working in this active range that we don't often get to in yoga, okay? So I like to, well, we now are regularly going to get it in yoga, okay? Because technique in this tradition should continue to improve, at least in our asana practice, okay? So we do this a few ranges or a few rounds, right? This active range. And then what I like to do, everyone, is I like to take one elbow on top and then elbows up, elbows forward. Forearm squeeze, okay? That's the beginning. Elbows up, elbows forward, forearm squeeze. Then I tilt both forearms a little to the right and I tilt my left ear towards my left shoulder. And as I do this, everyone, to get that active range, it's key, my arms are not passive, my forearms are giving a good squeeze to each other, okay? Do this a handful of times, and even just sitting here at your desk or however you're listening, I think it's really gonna resonate, okay? Now finally, anterior, face down anterior shoulder opener, it's our fifth one. But I wanna give you a little detail. Number one is, without going into all the details here, I don't prefer this pose with the arm straight. I prefer it with the elbow bent. Suffice to say, the one reason I'm gonna give you for this is with the elbow bent as opposed to the arm straight, I think it's a lot easier to control and target the anterior shoulder muscle complex as opposed to the ligamentous compartments for length. I'll say it one more time. I just think you get much better control of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to target with the elbow bent than with the elbow straight. So when we come into this, which I'm gonna show you in a moment, everyone, 
I don't want the elbow below the shoulder. I want the elbow actually a little bit above the shoulder. And this hand that's on the floor, I want it actively pressing. So when I do this, I don't want to impress myself with how far I can go. I don't care how far people can go when you're making a loose action in a loose joint. I don't know how valuable this is going to be. What we want to do instead is make a controlled action and a strong, stable action in a loose joint, okay? Or in all joints. Forget the loose part if that's a, a point of contention or confusion. So what you do for this is you lay face down. You slide, you, I like to start people in sphinx because then that elbow's already at that 90 degree position. And then from here, everyone, I just take that elbow out 90 degrees. I take the elbow slightly up. My elbow's still 90 degrees, okay? So I'm still at that 90 degree. Did I say it 12 times, 90 degree. And then what I do with this hand, everyone, this, this on the side I'm gonna stretch is, I press the hand into the floor, just a little bit. That's enough to engage the muscles on the front of the shoulder so that they are in a good, strong position as I stretch them, okay? Now, I don't wanna engage so much that I'm rigid, but I wanna engage enough that I have greater biofeedback greater proprioception and greater strength in the lengthened position I'm gonna produce. So now I slip that second arm in towards the shoulder and I roll to the outside of the hip. There's all sorts of different kind of things you can do, but this is the foundation and this hand, everyone, is firm into the ground, okay? This is the kind of thing too, I really like to use as a preparation later in the sequence for backbending. This is one of my favorite backbend preps. I also find myself using this as a preparation for shoulder stand because shoulder stand requires that we have so much um, strong elasticity of the front of the shoulders and chest, okay? So as always, everyone, experiment with this stuff, play with it, use it to fuel your practice, build on it, and then share it. Share it with your students, share it with your teachers, share it with your colleagues. Um, and don't forget if you are interested to subscribe to my email list in the link below. Okay, everyone, take care.